Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall still fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. Four to two Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hey, it's a normal day. We're up and running. We're getting ready to go through two hours of hockey talk on Fox Sports Las Vegas, having some fun throughout the next couple of hours. We'll chat with Gary Lawless, who is with the Golden Knights in St. Louis as the Vegas Golden Knights radio network with Dan Duva and Gary Lawless travel to a road game for the first time. So we'll get the lawman's impression of what it's like to be in an arena outside of T-Mobile this year as he uh, broadcasted last night from Enterprise Arena and gets set for the back half of that twin bill tomorrow. We'll also get into our ratings of uh, the big win, the eruption of offense by the Golden Knights uh, against those Blues last night. Uh, what a performance. And it was just, it was an incredible effort halfway through the game. And you wondered, are they going to be one of those games where they push eight, nine, ten goals? I actually had a conversation with uh, Darren Pang before the broadcast last night and we Go through this routine. Darren Millard here, by the way. Ryan Wallace will be up in just a little bit, uh, making the connection there. Chris Chapman back uh, in our Fox Sports studio. Uh, it's the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Woo! Yeah. So we had uh, a conversation with Darren Pang yesterday, and Billy Huso was starting for the St. Louis Blues, and he has had real issues in the first period. And uh, when it comes to stopping the first shot and giving up goals, and then you had Robin Leonard, who's been great since he's come back from the concussion, but uh, he's allowed 12 goals in the first period, and a lot of this dates back to before he got hurt. Uh, He allowed 12 goals in the first period. Ten of those were in the first 10 minutes of the period. And I joked with Panger that uh, we might have a 3-2 game by the time the first TV timeout uh, comes around. I didn't get that, but halfway through the game, it looked like we were going to have one of those 8-7-9-6 type performances. Uh, We got six, and it was uh, by the Golden Knights who just lit up the St. Louis Blues. So uh, big performance there. Uh, Some trade talk uh, happening as we inch up on the National Hockey League trade deadline a week from tonight, folks. One week from tonight, we will have all the dust settled, and we will know who's going to dance with who uh, when we uh, when it comes to uh, rosters. And that's going to be important because I think we'll really get a, a lay of the land as far as uh, who's in this thing, uh, who's loaded up, and who might just be willing to take the crack with, uh, with what they have because there's a lot of teams on the bubble at this point. Arizona, San Jose's in the mix in the West. Nashville, Chicago uh, in the central, Philadelphia, Boston fighting it out in the east, and then you've got Montreal uh, in the north trying to hold off Calgary. What do those teams do? Do they add? Do they stand pat? Do they sell? Because uh, St. Louis is a team that I could see selling, even though they're going to still try and make the playoffs, still selling. So uh, one week from tonight, uh, we will have uh, the trade deadline in the rearview mirror. And we'll know. Uh, we'll get some uh, some analysis from Gary Lawless when he stops by. Uh, just maybe what the Golden Knights will do. 
can't see much. Dollars and cents uh, uh, complicate things uh, with the salary cap and uh, where they might go. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be difficult there. Uh, the couple of the the contenders in the West, Minnesota, uh, Colorado, have a little bit more flexibility. Had a big long chat today with Darren Dreger from TSN and uh, NBCSN, and Dreger is uh, one of the top uh, insiders in the National Hockey League. He's been doing this for a long time. And Dregs and I uh, had a big, long conversation for my podcast, The Chirp, and we went through a lot of the buyers and the sellers when it comes to each division and what they might be doing and might be looking at. And it's it's just a situation where it's unpredictable. But the Golden Knights are a team that he thinks he's going to keep an eye on because you never underestimate Kelly McCrimmon. And he's known Kelly McCrimmon a long, long time and knows exactly where where things uh, could lead to. And we saw that last year with the acquisition of Alec Martinez or Robin Leonard. Uh, he, he, he knows the constraints that are on Vegas right now, but he also knows there's always a way uh, with uh, Kelly McCrimmon. We're bringing Ryan Wallace. So welcome. Uh, glad you're hooked in. Hmm. Everything I, solid? I can't, believe I, I can't believe I missed the woo. I know. I can't believe I missed the woo. I'm a little bummed. That's okay. We've got uh, we've got two. Hours. We may do it the woo again at the uh, at the top of the hour number two because Gary Lawless is going to stop by and everybody loves uh, the lawman. Uh, he he actually chimed in last week and uh, and was thoroughly entertaining. So we're going to have him back uh, in 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 back to back weeks. But I was just saying we're we're inside of a week to the National Hockey League trade deadline. We've got some news today, Ryan, that uh, the mm-hmm. New Jersey Devils and the Buffalo Sabers are playing each other, and yes. both teams are sitting out key parts. Now, Paul Mary has been sort of on the sidelines for a couple of days now, but uh, almost an admission, like the most obvious, wow, uh, thank goodness, <laughs> uh, uh, we, we never saw this coming, uh, approach from the Buffalo Sabres is that, uh, that they're going to keep uh, a star player out. So it looks like we could get a couple of moves uh, here in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the way that this year has gone for the Buffalo Sabres, it makes a lot of sense to not have Taylor Hall in the lineup until after the trade deadline, if he is still a Buffalo Sabre, because you just don't want to tempt anything. If you're Kevin Adams trying to pull that trade off, you want to make sure that if that's the that's the move, that's the play, Taylor Hall is healthy and available to be traded. So uh, it makes a lot of sense for the Buffalo Sabres to have Taylor Hall a scratch until at least after the trade deadline. There's uh, an opinion, and and again, that conversation with Dreger uh, will be dropped tomorrow, so go check it out because he's got so much in there. Uh, But I'll, I'll give you sort of some Cole's notes here. There's a slight opinion, and it's not coming from just Dreger, that the Buffalo Sabres may not be as active as we would assume a team with eight wins to be. Does that surprise you? Um, I I mean, it, it does in a sense, just simply because you would think that the Buffalo Sabres would use every opportunity to their advantage to try to uh, move along their program to, to try to gain some assets and, and move and look ahead toward the future. Uh, but at the same time, I, I guess I, I kind of get the sense with this trade deadline that that the prices are too high and there might not be as many teams that are looking to to add. And if you can't get the prices that you think you're, are, 
are worthwhile, then if you're Kevin Adams, do you just want to make trades for the sake of making trades? I'm not really sure that that's the direction you want to go either. Well, it's a cycle, right? It's been going on for a while with Buffalo. And while they made the Eric Stahl trade, uh, that there may not be as much coming that just you'd think there would be a full sell-off and, and a reset. Now, what the, what the Buffalo Sabres do have is cap space. And they're mm-hmm. one of a, a couple of teams that might be willing to take on salary as a third party. And when I mean third party, what uh, how the trade with Robin Leonard worked last year was Chicago traded Robin Leonard to Toronto. Toronto took a bit of salary, and then uh, the uh, Buffalo Sabres or the Chicago Blackhawks uh, retained some salary, and then he was he was shipped back to uh, Las Vegas, uh, and and that was a three way deal. And they used an intermediary so they could dump uh, and share some salary and make it all work. You might see Buffalo play in in that regard, but as far as as full scale changes. Uh, it might be a bit of a misnomer. Now, some of the pieces they just can't move because the, the, the players' right. uh, value uh, are low. But uh, like, there's just you would you would believe looking at it from the outside, tear it down, mm-hmm. strip it. But they've already done that a couple of times, and they may stick with a with a few players that would in other years be shipped off. Well, it, and I guess kind of the question is, do you think that maybe that has something to do with the plans in the offseason? Maybe in the offseason, the Buffalo Sabres do get a president of hockey operations to allow that pl- that person to oversee the changes that you might want to make in the organization? Or is it just simply pushing it off until another date just for the sake of doing so? I, 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 I can't get a read on them. You know what I mean? Like, I can't get a read on what's going on with, in Buffalo. Layman says it's it's pretty obvious that putting somebody in with experience uh, with to work mm-hmm. with Kevin Adams, uh, yeah. and and remember like they changed the whole uh, hockey operations department last year before the bubble when they made the change with uh, with Jason Bottrell out and Kevin Adams in, uh, they removed a, a number of positions at every level of the organization, on the business right. side and on the on the hockey operations side. There's not a lot there for Kevin to necessarily lean on. And sure. and so that's that's a concern right now when you're going through that because he's a first-year general manager. Uh, number two is just going through it right now is tough. I would want somebody with experience to lean on as you build that, that thing back up. And mm-hmm. uh, it, like Nick Kiprios told me he doesn't get the impression that they're willing to go down that path. Now, you look at it from the outside, I'm with you. How can you not yep. give Kevin Adams something uh, to work with? Like, uh, Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee uh, are, are in lockstep, but they, they have each other to bounce uh, stuff off of. Uh, Bob Rose, right. Von Karpen within the organization, experienced people to be able to bounce ideas or thoughts or approaches or I'm talking this or I'm hearing this uh, off. Kevin Adams doesn't have any of that of of that type of experience in in the sure. national hockey league and if if i'm a general manager uh one of the 30 other teams i'm calling kevin adams and saying don't do a deal until you can talk until you talk to me because uh, to be quite honest this is mm-hmm. this is poach time 
try and take advantage sure, of, of, of somebody who's inexperienced. And uh, that may be uh, slightly uh, insensitive uh, for for me to say in the the big picture. But if you're looking right. after your own team, I'm I'm doing everything I can to to poach somebody who who hasn't been around the block a couple of times. Yeah, I, I mean, I would imagine that Kevin Kevin Adams's phone should be ringing off the hook because every general manager in this league, if they are looking to improve their team or if they are looking to try to find a bargain, that's the avenue that they would go. That's the play. That's the person in this entire uh, mix that you would try to work, and that's why I, I, I remember you and I had a, a pretty pretty lively discussion about the Buffalo Sabres, about what was going on in Buffalo, and the need to put somebody else there. Just, if for no other reason, to be a a, a, a blanket to, to allow Kevin Adams to pitch different ideas and just figure out different ways of attacking this rebuild that, that, that has to happen for Buffalo, and you said it's got to be before the trade deadline. And I agreed with you. And here we are, less than a week out, and that's not going to happen. And yeah. and that's a to me, that's a misstep by the Buffalo Sabres organization. Now, I will say the Eric Stahl trade to Montreal, I mm-hmm. think Buffalo got fair value for it. In fact, you might like the value from a week ago uh, might be better than it is right now because there's just. Right. There's nothing happening on the trade market. Uh, Billy Guerin, uh, in in my chat with him, uh, described it as crickets uh, out there right now. <laughs> Drager said nothing happening right now. Uh, now, that's like, Palmieri and Hall are in play, and, sure, and they will go. And I kind of put them in a different category. It's the rest of the market. Like, what does Columbus do with somebody like uh, Savard? Or Foligno, where where do those? I I would think that both players will be on the move. I mean, one's the captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I w- right. I would expect the organization to trade those players. But in the past, uh, we've seen that uh, Yarmo Kekalainen has had to hold on to those players. That was when they were going to make the playoffs. This right. This is going to be a hard push. So a team like Buffalo or a team like Chicago. Uh, St. Louis, San Jose, Arizona. There's a lot of holdup right now in the market because teams haven't figured out where they are in in the playoff picture. And right. I, I mean, I'll I went through it today. I counted up six teams that I can say are out of 31. You might be able to go through and go. I've got seven or eight, but there's no more than eight. And we we can quibble over the two, and and sure. and but there's there's so many teams that are that are still involved right now that it's holding up the real real action when it comes to national hockey and and so is trying to evaluate uh, what you're doing, what the other team's doing. So if you make a trade, Ryan, do yeah. do yeah. I have to match that? And that's the trickle down and reaction for it 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 might be it might make for one of the more dramatic trade deadline days that we've seen <laughs> in recent memory but it also might make for one of the the late crunches 
of uh, of Central Registry. When 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 you make a trade, you have to file it with Central Registry uh, in the National Hockey League to make sure all the numbers work. And uh, this player has a no move, so he's he's agreed to that. And uh, you, you file it with the league. Uh, sometimes on trade deadline date, all those trades don't get through Central Registry until uh, after one o'clock Pacific time, the noon uh, right. trade deadline. It might right. be more than that because of the the crush at the end that could happen if if we get uh, this blockage that continues. I, I, I have to feel, I, like, I have to believe that trade deadline day is, is going to be an event. Like, I, I just, I think that when you finally get teams that are, are essentially making those decisions, I think they're trying to give themselves as much time as possible to determine if you're going to, if you're going to buy, if you're going to sell, kind of what the trajectory is going to be for each individual team. Uh, I think that that trade deadline day is going to be quite an event because, um, bef- you know, I, I don't think that there's going to be much movement until that day. That day is going to be kind of the the entirety of this year's trade deadline, and and. I I'm excited for that because it'll be interesting to keep an eye on and it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, the golden Knights end up doing there. Uh, but I mean, you're right. Like a couple of weeks ago, it looked like the Nashville predators, every, they were open for business. All, uh, Matias Ekholm was out there, right? And there were players out there. And all of a sudden, I, I don't think that when you look at Nashville, that's the right message that they're going to send to their organization. So you take some players off the table that are really enticing and you, you might, that might move the needle for an organization. I, I'm very much intrigued by what trade deadline day is going to bring to the NHL and, and each individual division. So Nashville goes from selling. Yeah. So they, they, they you take them out of the selling category. Yeah. But I don't think they move into the buying side. No, that's I don't either. Where, that's where you, you've got this stalemate. And and I it may come down to Monday, and when I say that, uh I, I'm I'm more encouraged by uh my confidence to be able to say that as as I talk to more and more people. But yeah. I'm still not convinced it's going to be a busy Monday. Uh, uh, it, it could end up being, but this, this might be the year. I'll give you a scenario why, why I, I believe that. Is normally a Nashville, a Chicago, that great building, uh, a team like San Jose, uh, some of these clubs that can really pack them in during a playoff and, mm-hmm. and maybe go seven seven games six games uh in around push it but you don't have you don't have like you're not a favorite to win the the division or go to a conference final but right you can you can might be able to do a bit of damage and when you do that in a normal year you make cash sure you you you're playing in front of a full building and you're raking in cash if you're the chicago blackhawks at the united center here's the rub is nobody's playing to near full capacity like the texas rangers yesterday still can't believe that site uh nobody's playing to full capacity right now vegas has uh, 3950 uh they're over 4000 in st louis but ownership would be more inclined to add a rental here or there and this is the business side would be saying yeah let's 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 do that hockey ops you're thinking about doing this we'd love two maybe three playoff gates that would be outstanding mm-hmm. for us. Yep. The, you don't have that carrot this year of sure. a packed house. So hockey ops can, uh, 
the, the, the general manager uh, and the scouts and uh, president of hockey ops, that side of it can afford, doesn't have that financial pressure to win, uh, to get into the playoffs, to get those three gates as they would normally have in other years. And that's also working against uh, generating some action on the trade front. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I agree with you. Like if you if you have kind of a traditional year in which you you can you could look at a full building in the playoffs, I think that that's something that kind of moves the needle on a potential trade. Uh, but there's a team that I'm, I'm curious about in terms of, you know, going out there and and looking at a rental or going out and buying at the deadline and that's Minnesota and the reason that I bring them up is that's a team that hasn't really had that that extended playoff run and I know that it's not a, a the, necessarily the year that you want to do it it just in terms of fans in the building but for I think an organization that could really benefit from a long playoff run that could really announce themselves within the NHL. Is this kind of the year where, where Bill Guerin, Guerin looks at, the, at where his team's at and says, you know what, we're going to go out and just buy something at the deadline to, that, that can take us to a, a second round or possibly a third round? Well, I, again, I had, the, I had a long conversation with him uh, for the chirp that, that, that will be released in the morning with Billy Garrett, mm-hmm. and we talked a lot uh, about the trade deadline and where his focus is with his program. Minnesota is different than Colorado and different than Vegas. Minnesota sure. has a manager who's in his second full year. Uh, he, he took over that team. He's got a coach that was... Uh, taking control mm, just over a year ago uh, when they made the change uh, from Bruce Boudreau. Uh, they've they've got a, a rookie in Kirill Kaprizov. They, they changed over their goaltenders. They've done a lot of work to set up a foundation for the Minnesota Wild. I think they're ahead of schedule. Sure. Where, where they are right now. Uh, I asked Billy that question. He's got a really interesting answer to it. Uh, but my feeling is Minnesota is ahead of schedule from where they expected to be at this time in challenging uh, Colorado and Vegas for a top two seed in the West. So when you're ahead of schedule, you have two choices. You do what Vegas did in George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon after year number one, and you change the schedule and refocus going we're ahead of schedule let's speed things up let's do this move that we might have done in year three let's do it right now and Mm -hmm. and they didn't change the plan they didn't throw out the plan like some people have said but they altered it they kind of took out maybe year two uh, of it so does does billy garen take out year two of the plan and go with add now he's not going to make a trade that's going to sacrifice anything in 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 the future of his sure. organization. He's told me that. But does he decide to add, uh, does he move a pick? Uh, does he move a couple of picks uh, for some depth? I think that that's the, the dilemma that he faces right now. Not like Nashville went to a Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winnipeg had a great run. A couple of years ago, ran into Vegas. Uh, I think about uh, uh, Saint San Jose went to a Stanley Cup final, 
And the pieces were all there for continued success as a Stanley Cup contender. And mm-hmm. Nashville hasn't been back. Winnipeg hasn't been out of the out of the first round. Uh, San Jose is now into what looked like a rebuild, although they're playing much better uh, lately right. because their stars are playing much better. But there's no guarantee that you're ever going to get repeated cracks at this thing. And that's where Billy Guerin's at right now. Does sure. like there's doesn't just because you have a great year and you're ahead of schedule doesn't mean you're going to continue on that uh, upward trajectory. So you and I talked to him about this. I used this example. Like, do you mm-hmm. do you strike while the iron's hot, or do you stay patient? Because Vegas is Vegas is all in. Colorado right. is all in in right. the West. Do you? In in Minnesota, go all in, even though you're ahead of schedule, and that's the real decision that Bill Guerin has to make. Is is does he want to go head to head with Kelly and Joe Sakic and make this a three headed monster when uh, the other two programs have have are peaking right now? Yeah, I, that's why I think they're they're one of the most intriguing teams in in the Honda West Division as to what they may or may not do at the trade deadline. I just think for the Minnesota Wild, when you have this opportunity in front of you and you you are ahead of schedule, and it's been an organization that has not had those those long playoff runs. And as you point out, Darren, it's, it's no guarantee that, that you'll be in this position next season or two seasons from now. Uh, I think that there's a, a real, I just, I get the sense that there's a, a, a push toward doing something because I think the wild are in a good spot right now in this division. They are built to compete. They, they yeah. can compete for the division right now. We saw that firsthand. Against yes. Vegas, yep. They're strong. They're fast. They're fun to watch, which I've never said before. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, I actually, and I'm not just speaking out of the side of my mouth. I told Garrett that too. Like, yeah. this is this is different. This is this, yeah. uh, when Minnesota Wild come on. I don't find another game. I watch them. So there's there's yeah. a lot going. There's a lot of good vibes, good mojo around the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I just don't know whether how much you 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 sacrifice, knowing that you're in a division with Colorado and Vegas, and that to me makes it even. If it was just if they were in the the East and you didn't have that big powerhouse or or the North, and you've mm-hmm. got Toronto now, okay, we can get by them, but we think we're as good as Winnipeg and 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 Montreal and and Edmonton. We can like there's. Everybody's sort of the same. I get that, but you've got two big kings in in the West, and that's where I think that Minnesota they'll do something. Sure, but I don't I don't think it's going to be the biggest splash in the world. I if you're looking for the biggest splash in the division, I, I still think it's going to be Colorado. Right, I still think it's going to be a goaltender. Dreger disagrees with me on that. Um, or I disagree with him on that, uh, whichever way, whichever way you look at it. And, and it makes me wonder because he's the guy that's tapped in and, and talking to everybody. I can't believe that Colorado won't pick up a goaltender. I just I find that unthinkable, uncomprehensible. 
uh, right. that, uh, that 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 the the Colorado Avalanche would go with Drew Bauer and JoJo, but uh, he he's he's the one that uh, it's, that thinks that they it may not be a foregone conclusion that they had a goaltender. Yeah, I, if I'm looking at the Colorado Avalanche and and you want to have that insurance policy in your back pocket, I I don't see how you can go through the trade deadline without picking up a goalie. Like yeah. I just I can't see it. And and like it it's not it's not to become the guy. No. It's just to be in in the organization and available if Philip Grubauer goes down because if Grubauer gets hurt, then what will happen to the Colorado Avalanche. We've seen that too many times before. I, I just think that that's the one area that if you're looking for insurance, you've got to make that move if you're Joe Sackick. I'll give you two scenarios on why you would pick up a goaltender, but I'll give them to you after the break, and we'll also bring in Gary Lawless at the top of the hour as he is on the road with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, as they make their way through a two-game series against the St. Louis Blues. We have good news. We have one-timers. It's a busy day on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Meanwhile, Vegas works to the offensive zone. They have to retrieve the puck after an offensive zone draw. Holden a shot, score! Nick Holden shot it from out high, and right in front, Tomas Nosek was there to get a piece, and Nosek continues his hot hand, 10 points in 11 games, and Vegas has a 1-0 lead. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Tomas what a story. He is just grooving right now with the Vegas Golden Knights, and he was part of that surge last night when it came to offensive production against the St. Louis Blues. So we'll get into our rankings in just a little bit uh, of the performance last night uh, in St. Louis and running the record against the Blues. Also want to bring you up to date with a scenario where I could see uh, things playing out goaltending-wise with the uh, with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, that's straight ahead. But uh, can we talk about the San Jose Sharks just a little bit? And is this... Yeah. Does this get you going as as a Vegas Golden Knights fan? <laughs> that that maybe there's the potential. Who knows that the Golden Knights and San Jose Sharks could meet in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, or do you go ah oh, them? I, I'm I'm curious where you guys stand on this scenario where the San Jose Sharks are making a legitimate push to qualify yep. for the playoffs in the West Division. So. I mean, obviously, I, I look at San Jose and I say they're going to – they could finish fourth. Like, they are, are right there, 38 points in 37 games, and the Arizona Coyotes sit right now in fourth with 43 points in 39 games, so a couple of games in hand for San Jose. Um, if they win those and everything's stagnant, they're just one point behind the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, listen, I think it would be fantastic – and I know that's going to be very unpopular here, but I root for the story. And I'm sorry, the Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks with Pete DeBoer coaching for Vegas in a playoff series against San Jose. I, I don't know what could possibly be any better than that. I, I, I really honestly don't. I don't think you're in the minority in that necessarily. I think it might be. Well, I mean, among 50, Golden 50. Knights fans. Well, even even Golden Knight fans, like, would you? Yeah. Who would you rather face in the in the first round of the playoffs? Uh, Arizona, if Vegas can finish first, uh, would you rather face Arizona, San Jose, or St. Louis? 
Like who gets you? Who gets you excited about uh, those three oppositions? That sounds like a poll. I'm going to put a poll up right now. I would imagine that the fans would want the easiest road possible. But well, that might be St. Louis. I, yeah, I think St. Louis might. I mean, the way they've Jeez, played I against. They, they still. <laughs> I know. I know they're going in a bad way. They've lost seven in a row. I know, but you're not playing them now. No, no, but this team, the, the Golden Knights have figured out the St. Louis Blues. Right now they have. Well, but yeah, but this season, I, I mean, mean, even even the, the, the game that they lost in the shootout, they were, they, 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 there was, they had a bad stretch in that game. Other than that, I, it seemed like they were the better team in that game too. So I don't think St. Louis intimidates these guys anymore. I kind of feel like the Golden Knights are going to get better. You're gonna I have, look at St. Louis last night, Chappie, and... Like going into the game, their forwards are good. They're not not electric, but they're good to really good. O'Reilly, uh, I, I, I like uh, Schwartz. I like like there's there's a lot to to go. Cairo, there there's a lot to go on. And their blue line, if Preco can play, I don't mind them. They got to get saves. Their goaltending's been atrocious. But we also saw what happened when they got goaltending halfway through there. They're a team that still scares me if you play them in in a in a playoff series. I think I think San Jose of, of all those three teams would be the toughest matchup. Really? Yes. Now Carlson and Kane have been lights out lately. Yeah, but but they, they, they also I mean, I I know a lot of people give Brett Burns a hard time. He's still really good. I mean Martin Jones has has been played has has been playing really. really it sounds like an oxymoron, right? Martin Jones playing well, but but he is. But you, you throw in Logan Couture, you throw in Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle. Tomas Hurdle is can't size this up, Chapman, as a, who's playing good right now. No, no, but whoever, but, but, whoever but gets but in. Traditionally, I mean, I I understand what the regular season says, but the playoff games have been a little bit tighter. Well. I just I look at it, and, I, and I, I'll what, just say this: I think they would be motivated to beat Pete DeBoer. Highly, highly motivated. I mean, they'd be highly motivated to win because it's the playoffs, and they want to yeah. win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, but like, I, that I, would be. I think that that going up Pete against DeBoer's your not former a coach, disliked guy. No, no, I'm not saying, but but I mean, clearly, you 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 want to beat the old coach. Yeah. I, I, so I, we're not talking a Keenan situation here. Well, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm of the mindset that I just want the best story and I want the best rivalry and another playoff series between Vegas and San Jose has all the makings of being absolutely electric. And again, I don't care. And it would be incredibly intriguing if you've got that three game set against San Jose at the end of the season for the Golden Knights what playoff implications that three-game set might have. And then you also factor in that Vegas has already gone 5-0 and against San Jose. If What if they were able to go 8-0 and and then you go into a playoff series with a team that got swept in the season series and is highly motivated? Like, I think the storylines with San Jose would be so good, it's almost too good to, to pass up. Honestly, it's almost, it's like almost it, too good to pass up. It's almost like you can't, it, it can't happen. If if it goes that <laughs> if it goes that way, like if Vegas beats San Jose eight times, right? Then San Jose is not going to be in a position to make the playoffs I, I, unless they run the perfectly table fair in, in, in the game. But I'm with you. If if you're going to have if if the Golden Knights can find their way back to first place 
and you've got the option between Arizona, San Jose, and St. Louis for a first-round opponent, I'm going San Jose, Arizona, St. Louis. That's my pick. One, the first one is the storyline, and, and I think they can beat San Jose. The second one is I don't want anything to do with St. Louis, so I'm taking uh, the team that I think that they could have more success against in Arizona. And the third one is I don't want anything to do with the team that won the Stanley Cup two years ago. Uh, so, but but the storyline, just the pure for for the Vegas Golden Knights radio network, for the VGK Insider Show, for AT and T Sportsnet, and the Las Vegas Review Journal, I am signing up 100 times out of 100 for the San Jose Sharks. And it may not work out that they meet in the first round, but don't kid yourself, San Jose, <laughs> the way that Eric Carlson, as much as anybody else, is has been playing. For the last three weeks, it's it's a possibility. Why, why do you think that that light that light switch was uh, was turned on for Eric Carlson? Like what health? health. Yeah, okay. he's healthy again. He, he's battling a uh, what I I'm told was a groin injury. Uh, I haven't got any confirmation from that from from the the hockey club. And this may shock you, but the San Jose people don't tend to tell me a lot anymore uh, <laughs> and, and share with me. But what, what I'm, what I'm led to believe is that yeah. there's a groin injury. And so he's, he's healthy. And the other major factor for him, and I think I, I shared this with you guys last week is he's pissed off. Like he's, yeah. he's really upset with the position that the franchise is in where he's in, in their development, this whole rebuild thing, the comments that he made. And I'm putting, putting the comments that he made together with chomping on the apple and yep. the, the comment uh, following his, uh, his performance in, in that three-point game uh, in the victory and then his own play. And it's good. Like it's, it may not be vintage Eric Carlson, but it's right. the best that I've seen Eric Carlson play in San Jose. And that would be, if we could ever get that, uh, boy, <laughs> would, would that be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's interesting because ever since those comments about not not wanting to he not signing up for a reset and looking at the rest of the team and, and the guys that that they have here to play better, his game has taken another step. He has been every bit as good as you'd expect or hope that Eric Carlson would be. So I yeah, like I'm I'm right there with it. If it's San Jose I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to be incredibly happy because I think that that series would be incredibly fun. Beyond that, it, between St. Louis and Arizona, like the Blues don't really scare me that much. I mean, I understand all the reasons why they should. Um, I just, for whatever reason, I, I just don't get the sense that this is St. Louis's year. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, so I don't think that the Golden Knights have to worry about that. And then with the Arizona Coyotes, like... I, I, I think that that's going to be a series that the Golden Knights should should win, but should. It, you know, ten times out of ten. But that that's a team that kind of worries me a little bit, just in terms of their goaltending. If you know, if if you've got a healthy Darcy Kemper, um, I you know, I, I wonder what the Coyotes can do. Uh, I don't but know. They have, they have I, like two and a half guys that can play goal. Like that's, sure, that's fair. And and, that, and for you me, know what I mean, like like one yeah. guy stumbles, they put another guy, in and he's great. Yeah, I mean their tandem's fantastic, and and they can win on goaltending. It'll be you know two one games, and and that's not necessarily my cup of tea. I, I just think you get so much more in terms of the storylines with San Jose. I'm actively 
rooting for that, and and I don't okay. care who knows it. I'm what actively rooting comment, for it. was my comment about uh, Colorado and the goaltending? I, I wanted to remind myself. I, I teased it. You, uh, you said you were going to give me a scenario on what Colorado should do or why they need to look at goaltending. Right. So this yeah. is the situation. Uh, two years ago, Philip Grubauer had health problems. Yes. Uh, being healthy. Last year, they went to Michael Hutchison, who almost got them into uh, the the second or the third round. Uh, almost got them to the conference final against uh, Vegas. And Michael Hutchison got chased out of Toronto, like played his way out of Toronto. And he's, he's had a good year this year. But they were, they were like third, borderline fourth uh, on their depth chart. That's back-to-back years with Grubauer. I can't imagine that Joe Sackick looks at those last two years and says, he looks good now. He's fine. I'm not going to give myself. Yeah. Like the position that you leave yourself open to, criticism, the level of criticism, is enormous by not bringing in somebody. And it's not somebody that you want to to fill in for Philip Grubauer, as, as you said, Ryan. Uh, right. You're not bringing in somebody to challenge for the number one spot. But you might need a goaltender to play two or three games for you just to get Grubauer if he suffers any type of ailment. I, I don't want – I'm not calling on Colorado uh, saying they need somebody to play 20 playoff games. They just need, might need somebody to play three or four right. to, to, to fill in. And that's where that, – to avoid leaving yourself open. What's the phrase? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, yep. shame on you. I, I always that's, get that wrong. That's it. Which, Yep. Which where, whichever side it's on, but that's that's where I uh, am with the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, we got some good news uh, of the day coming up. Uh, we'll chat about that. And Gary Lawless live from St. Louis. Can we tell him he didn't connect his uh, his Comrex unit yesterday, and that's why you were you were late getting on the program? I mean, you could if you want to, though. It, I it, I don't think it's Gary's job to disconnect the unit. Do you think he has any idea how to do that? Um. Probably not, ah, but that's I okay. To, I really wanted to blame him for something. Uh, Gary Lawless. I mean, you could try uh, it. Well, 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 yeah, we'll give it a shot. We'll see how that goes. Uh, live from St. Louis as he's on the road with the Vegas Golden Knights, VGK Radio Network, doing road games for the first time. That is cool. We'll get an idea of uh, his thoughts, what he saw last night. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us. <laughs> It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And it was announced yesterday that the Golden Knights would be doing the My Favorite Things Basket Auction. The auction is now live and will run through the 10-minute mark of the third period of Friday's game against the Arizona Coyotes. What is my favorite things, you ask? Well, every player on the Golden Knights will have baskets filled with their favorite things. Each item has been hand-selected by the players and their significant others. All player baskets contain a signed jersey and various other, quote, favorite things. Pete DeBoer will participate, and included in his basket... This one's intriguing for me. The Letterman jacket he wore behind the bench of Vegas's game at Lake Tahoe. No way. George McPhee. Yeah, yeah, for real. Like, that's, that's, that's awesome. To me, that to me is the big ticket. Now, George McPhee will also donate his Letterman jacket to the auction. Bill Foley will have a basket of his favorite world class wines. For more information, 
And to bid, go to favorite.givesmart.com, favorite.givesmart.com, or text the word favorite to 76278. Proceeds will benefit the Vegas Golden Knights Foundation. I ask you guys, what would be in your favorite things basket? Go ahead, Chapman. I'm really curious on this. I'm slightly scared. No, no, yes. I, I feel like uh, it's it's pretty normal. I, I would nothing about you. No, I, I listen, I, I I am a travel buff, as you guys know. I I've traveled all over the world, so I would probably put some of my favorite things from from places I visited. Um maybe with Japan I I would probably put some chopsticks or maybe some sushi. Nah, sushi probably wouldn't hold up. I'm thinking not. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know what? The Let me put some raw fish in here. <laughs> by the yeah. way, by I... the way, the, the 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 auction closes Friday night in the in the third period. Yes. No, I I, oh, I would I would probably put some Suntory whiskey. I'm I'm a big Suntory whiskey guy. I like that a lot. It's it's Japanese brand. Um, I would put a copy of my favorite book, The Sun Also Rises, by Ernest Hemingway. Um, maybe an a copy of FIFA. On Xbox, because I, I am an avid FIFA soccer player on, on my Xbox. I'm also a big, I like the golf game on there, so maybe I'd put both of those in there. Um, and maybe How some, much do you think you can fit in this box? Well, maybe, yeah. so, listen, I, 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 I remember last year, like, Tomas Nosek had a bunch of, I think he had a, a cooler and a case of, of, <laughs> of Czech beer, and I'm like, you know what, that's the one I would bid for. Um, maybe, maybe, I'd, maybe I'd put some beer in there as well. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, you, you kind of put me on the spot, but definitely a copy of my book, some Suntory whiskey, um, and then uh, some Xbox games. And and um, what about your vanity license plate that says Chapstang? You know what? I I would no. My my vanity <laughs> license plate does not say Chapstang. It, it says Liverpool. Why not? So you I have, you, you have a vanity license plate. It says Liverpool. He does. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure you're supposed to give out your license plate. But that, listen, on, it, on the air. I I don't. It's really spelled. Think. It's spelled in a certain way. Yes. It's not spelled as it. It doesn't. It, Liverpool would not fit, but you know what? I would probably put a Liverpool jersey in there too. We got in trouble with that one trade deadline day. We uh, showed <laughs> Phil Kessel showed up late for practice, and and we had, we we had our cameras out there, and we shot him driving up and then running into the rink uh, for practice, and we didn't blur out his license plate, and we got oh. in a big trouble for that. Uh, Poor Phil. So, yeah, for, poor Phil. Yeah, by the way, I'm looking at, at, at Tomas Nosek now. Lots of chocolate, and he ha- he's put a uh, bottle of wine and a, an autographed Czech Republic shot glass. Lots of candy and chocolate, too. Wow. That's pretty wow. cool. Kinder throw chocolate. some Tim Hortons coffee in there. I'd throw some ketchup chips because uh, those are Canadian. Uh, some Smarties. Throw some Smarties in there, cause, like Canadian Smarties, the, the candy. Uh, Google yeah. it because I'm not going to go into the whole explanation what what Smarties are. Um, uh, peanut butter. I love my peanut butter, so I'd probably throw some of that uh, in. Uh, How about Dansk? He put he put the autographed uh, Chicago Wolves bobblehead in. Was his. I not talking there? <laughs> like, was I not was I not middle of of thought about what I was going to put in? Mine? Any 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 Darren Millard bobbleheads? Ryan, was it, can you confirm or deny that I was just in in mid? You you were. Okay. Sentence. Yep. But but you know what? Let's go to Oscar Dansk. But what, what he could. Uh, I might put some goal equipment in there. Maybe something like that. Maybe uh, uh, something like a mask related. So yeah, mm-hmm. our jersey yeah. or two. That's. I like it. You know, we're gonna tomorrow night on the TV side uh, during yeah. the pregame show. I don't. Uh, I know that you guys uh, will be on the air at the same time as we are. But I'm going to go through uh, 
and sort of unpack somebody's somebody's gift basket uh, live on nice. the Nice. I'm looking forward nice. to it. Who do, who's, who do you think I should should do? Ooh, um, you know, I I just would I would say I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go with Alec Martinez just okay, because I think one. it'd be interesting. I'm uh, there. You go. I'll give you uh, credit on the air and say Ryan Wallace said uh, pick Alec Martinez and uh, let's go down that uh, that path because it's really cool. Like the the you know when I was young, I used to think a Letterman jacket was was Dave Letterman, uh, like uh, that somebody <laughs> wore on Dave Letterman. I didn't realize it, that it had like, the, uh, the the high school connotation to it or anything Fantastic. like that. I used to. Uh, wasn't very so you guys don't you guys you guys both neither one of you know what's in Martinez's basket. No, that's why oh, I have no idea. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, very very cool. Oh jeez. Oh goodness. No, no, you you have so, to do it. So, you no, absolutely no, no. have in, to do in, it. Well, I already said in, I was going to do right. it. In in my basket, it would be very very simple. There'd be some eggs from the farm because yeah. you know everyone loves eggs. How about a friend, um, like, like a goat? No, you can't put that in a basket. It's too big. Huh. It's too big. Like the, the eggs will work though. What about um, little Debbie's zebra cakes are like the greatest mm-hmm. little yeah. snack food ever. So there's that. Um, and then I would probably throw in like a ukulele, not a guitar, like not a, not a full fledged guitar, but like I'd throw in a ukulele. Ukuleles are fun. Can you uh, can you invite people to let us know what they'd uh, throw in their uh, their gift basket? I'd like to uh, have from the people. You yeah. get a great response. Uh, you're much better yeah. at that than, than I am. Uh, when we continue, oh, by the way, uh, good news of the day brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, uh, prioritizing people over profit since 1951. We will uh, keep you up to date on the uh, the uh, great uh, gift baskets uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights as we approach Friday's deadline. When we continue, Gary Lawless, live from St. Louis. What's it like being on the road for the first time in more than a year? Oh, I'm kind of scared. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.